Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. All right, what did you learn last week? Philippians 4. What did you learn? Give me some points. Happy birthday, Claire. What did you say? You learned how to draw. (laughs) Noted for having Pastor Seltzer in the future. (laughs) You need to be in the Lord. He gave a hand out. Hand out. Yeah. Better than me. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord. You have to be in the Lord. (coughs) To rejoice. Well, we just noted how many times it says in the Lord. Okay. So the focus of the focus of joy. The foundation of that joy is the Lord, which which goes with Paul's point throughout the Philippian letter, right? Which is the nucleus of who we are, the, the roots that we put our um, foundation in, Jesus. Okay? Something else? No worries. Don't be anxious. Okay? Easier said than done, right? Not only don't be anxious, but don't be anxious about what? Anything. Right? Not subjective in the sense of, you know, don't worry about your current situation, or don't worry about this current trial. It's don't worry about anything. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it admitting to you that I don't think I'm there yet, which is um, our prayer should be, Lord, bring me to the point of faith that I can say those same words. Right? When we're pressing on toward the goal, to the mark of the prize, that that is a uh, a marker that we want to get to. That I can get to a point in my life where I say, I'm not going to be anxious about this anymore. Because I've rooted in the Lord. Okay? Something else? Yeah. Just keep your hearts and minds on those things of the Lord so that you don't get... And you know, trans. You need to uh, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, mm-hmm. so that you are not being carried away by, well, different doctrines and all the bad stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it great that we're coming up on Lent? <clears throat> because Lent is a little bit of that, a lot about that. How do we refocus our minds on? The Lord, and let's be clear about what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. So don't pull Paul into our modern church challenges. It would be unfair to Paul. Paul is talking about, uh, when he says rejoice in the Lord, he's talking about Jesus Christ. When he says it's his great privilege to preach the gospel, he's talking about Jesus Christ. And when he's talking about being renewed in our minds, he's talking about the power of Jesus Christ renewing our minds, right? And now, Christ works through various means to, to make that happen, but um, I said this in class before, sometimes we even cloud it ourselves without moving some out of the way and say, Jesus, do what you need to do in here, you know? All right, I forgot to pray, let's pray. Gracious Father. We praise you and thank you for bringing us together. May we rejoice in who you are. Uh, May we rejoice in the gospel message. And may the words that we read today 
uh, bring us closer to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You didn't see the steeples down? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna burn the steeple and the ashes. Where where did they put? Where is it now? So this so the the steeple is aluminum. So for anyone who thinks the woodworkers can do something with it, (laughs) (laughs) not their department. (laughs) Um, It's at a scrapyard. Of which we will get payment for the metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the cross is good. Too. Is currently in the garage. Needs a little TLC. From way up high, look perfect, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little, a, a little erosion. We, as a joke, we're going to put it in Tara's office. <laughs> oh, on her wall, but uh, the wall can handle it. So, yeah. uh, but boy, the rot under that steeple was enormous. Mm-hmm. And the folks who took it down yesterday said it came down too easy. Well, once you said it was a safety hazard, all discussion over. Yeah. 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 Well, even the guy, the guy that took it down had no skin in the game. He said to Pete, he goes, it was good you took that down. Yeah. It should have been that easy to take yeah. down. You even could have just waited and then it would have fallen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot cheaper. Maybe not. Okay. (laughs) Philippians 4. We have have to finish this today, okay? okay? Let's read 10 to the end. Someone read 10 to the end. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to be to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it is good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set up in Macedonia, not one church, shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving and receiving except for you. For even when I was sent like a you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more, I am aptly supplied now that I have received from Apatitis the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant, off, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, <coughs> pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious, glorious riches in Christ Jesus. 
To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And a little more than that. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Congratulations. We finished Philippians, right? Okay, what did you hear? Nice stuff. Nice stuff. Yeah. 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 For a change. Be content whatever the circumstances. Yes. And he was sitting in jail and he said, I'm content. Yeah. Now that's, you know, that's that's a lot of faith. Yeah. We need to support missions. Yeah, there's a little money talk there, isn't there? Well, he gave them a boost, too, saying you were the only church that gave and received. Right. He gave a kick to the other one. What's that? He gave a kick yeah. to the other one. Yeah. yeah, when the Ephesians wrote this letter, they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in the beginning, he had said, I know you hold me in your heart or something like that. And now we find out the details of how, how he was very concretely loved. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it wasn't just words. Yeah. Right? It was a whole, a whole package. Of, stood with me. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there. You know, that's such a profound statement when he says, I've learned in whatever my circumstances to be content. Yeah, you know, that's sick or healthy or wealthy or poor or, you know, whatever's going on to have contentment. Yeah. And I always laugh when I think about this in one way because we used to live in our military community right outside the gate at Langley. And our neighbors just moved. They just moved. And the King James said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. We would give them a good send-off. Yeah, right. We're going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. They were everywhere. Right. John? I think it's characteristic of all of Paul's letters, no matter even if he's chewing somebody out about something. He still loves, he loves them all. Yeah. 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 Even the Corinthians he loves. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's clear from Paul's writings that we are saved by grace. And yet, there's also the statement about uh, doing things that will be credited to our account. And I think when people ask, are we going to be judged? The answer is yes. We're going to be judged based on our account of things that we've done for the Lord. Yeah, that, that made me think of Matthew, um, where Christ gives a description of the end times, right? And uh, the king comes and... Uh, what are the attributes uh, that they're credited for? When I was hungry, you fed me. Yeah. When I was sick, you cared for me. Those kind of things. Of course, we we would say those are part of the sanctified life, right? How are you living out the gospel in you? It it will be made evident. Back to Claire's comment. Their love for Paul. Let's just use that example for a minute. 
was not mere words, uh, but it was it was action oriented love too. Just as people of faith are called to action oriented love, right? We don't only speak with our lips, but we speak with our whole lives who Christ is in us. Yeah, Karn. A little clarification on verse 22. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Especially those of Caesar's. Oh, 21. 21. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. 22. 22. 22. 22. 22. 22. 22. 22. 22. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. 22, I apologize. <laughs> uh, can you hold on to that? Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, I, I think that um, the first thought I had when I read the end of this, uh, frankly, on the plane to Phoenix I was reading it for you and with you, uh, was... Uh, I don't know how you can interpret any part of Philippians without reading all of Philippians. <laughs> There's so many quotable scriptures in Philippians. I mean, if, you, if we put some of the top ten best New Testament quotes, there'd be quite a few of them would come from here. But I kind of believe now that you need the whole essence of the, of the whole letter to, to give a little bit more. Now, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I mean uh, when we get there. But let's start with verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So here it seems like, uh, it is a nice comment, but you could maybe look at it a little bit more. It seems like there might be a little tension in this verse too. Like, it's nice you finally come around. <laughs> right? You've come back to me. Um, and look, perhaps they lost connection because of the distance, perhaps um, because of what was happening in the church in Philippi. They were distracted because Paul was in prison. Perhaps he was distracted. Um, there could be lots of things, and Paul even leaves room for that, right? Uh, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So, he doesn't give us the clarity of everything that's happening, but we do know what's happening. We know that they're being persecuted. We know they're being distracted. Uh, we know there's been a bit of disconnect between them and Paul, and that their faith is challenged um, to some degree. Uh, however, Paul does acknowledge that there was care uh, for them. Uh, Paul here uses uh, a Greek word that would be interpreted uh, um, blooming again. Then the translation said that? Mm -hmm. so, so instead of revived, it's blooming again. Kind of a beautiful way to look at it. It says fresh interest. Fresh interest. <laughs> I like that too, yeah. Fresh interest, right? <coughs> um, so it's not that the Philippians didn't have a desire to help, but... Um, you know, there there was limited opportunity. By the way, the other limited opportunity could have been resources. Right? Maybe they had the money. I mean, their, their heart was there, but they just needed time to gather the collection because if you're being persecuted, you're struggling. <clears throat> That's a challenge. Uh, Lloyd, 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 Dienerch. Lloyd goes to eight. He, let me borrow Paul. What is it, Pastor? You told me about it, too. It's the movie, Paul. 
The apostles, that was called? Did you get a chance to watch it? Very good. And he gives it in Paul. Peter and Paul. No, this isn't the Anthony Hopkins. So this isn't the Anthony Hopkins. No. That one's good. It's like a year ago, Paul the Apostle. Yeah, it's really It was in the theater a year ago. Anyway, if you get a chance, watch it. It, um, This is my problem, just so you know. I find most biblical movies to be pretty slow. So, (laughs) um, but what this one does is it really does give you insight one of the persecution of the church. What Christians were, what that looked like for them. And it gives you a little bit of insight into what prison looked like for them, which wasn't, you know, Holiday Inn Express, just so you know, uh, or anything higher than that. <laughs> not, not even many of them Not the Pineapple Inn, you know. Um, and so it does, when you have that visual, this kind of makes a little more sense too. Maybe the opportunities were because, you know, life isn't great here. Uh, yeah, Don, are you going to? No. Oh, okay. Um, so, I rejoice the Lord greatly that now at length you've revived your concern for me. Don't, don't forget, go back to one, go back to two. Paul's concerned <coughs> about their spiritual welfare. And um, I tend to think that one of the reasons why there's a bit of a divide is because they're spiritually exhausted. They're, they're worn out. They're, um, when you're being oppressed, it takes a lot of energy. Look at all the words Paul's using throughout the letter to the Philippians. Look where he's constantly <laughs> pushing them. Root here. Focus here. Go back here. Well, you tend to do that as a coach when, when the team's really hurting. Right? So, hey, I'm happy that we've reconnected. Uh, knowing that perhaps there was an opportunity, go to 11. Not... Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So here there is a little bit of money talk. <laughs> I made a note here. Even the first century, church didn't like to talk about money, right? <laughs> like he's very careful. Here he's careful. Other places he's not so careful. <clears throat> as a prisoner, as a Roman citizen prisoner, Paul was entitled to meal. Rations in prison. Not everyone else would be. That said, when you're in jail, your resources are limited, and um, and so he would need some provisions and some help and some support on some level. If you've been to jail, if you've cared for someone in jail, um, they are totally detached from what's outside. Um, and we don't get the indication of this for Paul, but prisoners that I've ministered to almost get themselves into a, a, a tizzy as to what they believe is happening versus what is happening. It's because they're not just they're just not connected. Um, and then add to that, you know, clothes and socks and food and things like that. So um, I don't, again, I wouldn't equate Paul to someone on death row, you know, but. Uh, he's in the jail just like anyone else. And so that, that occurs, and he has some need. So Paul does not in any way want them to feel bad. <laughs> um, that's what we're kind of seeing here. Um, when you go back to the other chapters, um, he's fine, and he wants them to know that he's fine. Um, he has learned to be content. 
By the way, interesting, this term content is only found here. And um, I think you know the answer to this. But what is the genesis of his contentment? Right? What's the source of his contentment? Christ. Right. I mean, by chapter 4, we should know this, right? And <laughs> um, we'd be surprised if he said, hey, I really love Jesus, but in chapter 4, but, you know, I'm really tired of all this. <laughs> um, I wrote here, over the years of trusting and following Christ, um, he's learned to be content. I know I've said this many times, and perhaps there's a book in this. I don't know. It's book 48. Um, I can't help but think that Paul goes back to his conversion. Of course he can be content. Because he can look back to that and say, I know I'm okay. And I think that's healthy for Christians, by the way. I think when you're, when you're whatever state you're in, Sometimes you have to look back at a time that the state was good as encouragement to get through the current state. I often look back to the high school gym. Often. I go, oh yeah. I don't understand today, but I understand that day. And I can continue on. And I've got other ones along the way, but for me, the high school gym there. Carmen. Um, does he have a scribe with him at this time so he's not alone? Correct. He, we don't believe that he's alone. Okay. In fact, we know that uh, the guy with a lot of letters with the E is that is, is with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does he need money? Is it Was the prison system different then? Um. So I, when I first read that, I thought to myself, probably a first century Roman prisons, they had to pay for all their expenses. That's what I mean. So I read up on that, and that's what I learned that Paul wouldn't have had to be a Roman citizen. Because he didn't know whether he was going to get out or not. What, so he wasn't looking to what he would need in a... So maybe he wanted it for like Timothy and what? The, the other Christians there. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think that, again, you still need some resources even when you're in jail. Because um, not again, you're only getting your basic needs met, right? So Paul would be visited by people. He could, he, he, could, give, he could give them things to do. They could bring him back things. Um, and yes, don't forget, Paul has not abandoned his role as, I'll use the word, bishop of the church. <laughs> so we should also assume that he's still doing the work of the Lord by gathering money so that the church can continue to grow. Mission work. You know? So it's twofold um, uh, uh, to some degree. Uh, and don't, don't forget, when people come to visit him, that costs money. Right? When he sends people to other places, you know, that all costs money. <clears throat> The, the need for commerce hasn't changed over the centuries. And uh, so like it or not, resources are needed. However, I, I also want you to think that it's not just money. They could be sending him clothes. They could be sending him lots of different things uh, along the way. But Doritos? Doritos, probably Doritos. Double stuffed Oreos. You know. um, I think that the, for us, the important thing here 
is to remember that um, resources are required, but God is the ultimate resource. Let's let's pan this out, right? Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned to be content with every situation, right? <clears throat> Go to verse 12. Um, and I think here Paul reveals something about himself and the walk of life that he's had, right? Uh, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to go bound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. A couple things. One is, we tend to, to remember the low and not the high. And I so appreciate Paul saying, uh, even when I abounded, was abounding, um, even when I had plenty, my goal didn't change. That's, I think it's so terribly relevant here. You can make a case that when I'm low, I might be more inclined to look around. <laughs> when I'm high, maybe I'm not so much. Paul's saying, whatever the circumstance, when I've been up here, when I've been down here, Christ was still my mark. Christ was still my prize. Right? Uh, think about it for a se- second. Um, think about Paul telling his family, I have seen the Lord. The very Christ that I was persecuting is the very Christ I've given my life to. Now, we have no record of this, but we must assume that Paul was treated just like everyone else was treated. He was probably disinherited. Uh, He was probably shunned by his family. Um, He... He probably at one point in his life went through the very same struggles the Philippians are going through. You don't think Paul wrestled with all this? He certainly did. Um, Yet, um, he also made something of himself. What was his profession? What did Paul do? He was a tent maker, right? So he kept that skill. We know he kept that going. Some theologians would argue that Paul may have had some means to his to his account, wealth account, toward the end of his life. Right? Who know, we don't know. But whatever, whatever circumstance, um, he's been fine. Paul even knows what it's like to be treated like a fool. Doesn't he? Uh, and yet, he remains faithful. Pastor? I think Paul, part of Paul's struggle would be his lack of relationships that he probably had with the Philippians, with others. And, and uh, if we don't have those relationships, it's a different, you know, it's a different type, type of a, an existence. What lead, what, tell me more about that. In, in um, verse 15, what was it? <clears throat> Certainly, while you're looking at it, certainly, yeah. ministry is relational, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, and I think that's the point. Yeah, that these, the Philippians or the Colossians or the Ephesians, 
I mean, as we know as pastors, all of our relationships in all the churches are always perfect. <laughs> yes, you know, of course. Yeah, but when you're separated from those people, you're, you're lacking. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, and he's in prison. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's a, a part. There was a note in one of the things about that. Yeah, certainly Paul is, let's, let's go to, we know the Philippian situation, let's go to Paul's situation. In jail, he is physically disconnected from the very... <laughs> People that he has helped minister to. I, I, I'm sure this is for you. I feel disconnected from all of you missing one Sunday. I don't know who was here, who wasn't here, right? I, I totally trust everyone who was in charge. It was, it's not a micromanaged thing. Please don't hear it that way. It's more of I wasn't with my community, right? And I don't know what happened. And I miss that. I miss, not in a nervous way. Like, what did Chip Rayleigh say on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> what trouble has he caused today? You know? <laughs> no, it's not that at all. It's more of I miss I miss the community. Yeah, and that's my point. Yeah, you know, I think, and I think he struggled with that. Yeah, I mean, he built these places. Right. Sure. And of and course, I, I remember the founding pastor of St. Luke in Dix Hills. He took a call to California. <laughs> And it's so disconnected from yeah. that. And as hard as you try to reconnect, there's still that separation. And pastorally, I don't think you ever stop caring for the congregations you were at. I still care for the people in New York, uh, as I know them, right? More and more I know them. Uh, yeah. Well, that particular verse to me, just, you know, you... When you, at least I, anytime I think of Paul, I think of him being very, very lofty and and almost perfect Christian Christian and and something far above what I would what I would ever know. But this this verse it says, "I know how to be brought low and how to abound." It's, it it speaks to his humanness and 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 who he is as a as a person that he suffers all those things, even though we think. And we talk about it a lot, that he's got his focus on, on Jesus Christ and his ministry. But he's still a man, and he suffers from all of that. And, Greg, that is so important, because what we're going to see in a few verses is, in essence, what Paul is saying is, if I can do it, you can do it. This is where ultimately what Paul's getting at. If I can do these things, you can do these things. And that's why I want you to look at me as an example, because you're in this too. We're in the same situation. We're going through the same struggle. And you can do it too. And why can you do it? 13. Uh, this is one of my son's confirmation verses. But I don't remember who. Uh, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Is it Noah's? Yeah. Thank you for knowing that. You make sure I'm driving. Yeah. No, it's been a while. I do have his picture, but he still didn't know it. Yeah. I. By the way, I have probably misused this verse a million times in my life, right? Um, because I think here what, what we have to connect this to is to the glory of God, right? So I don't, I don't look, I don't go to Phoenix and um, say, let's do, a, let's do a drive to the Grand Canyon, and I'm going to hike the whole Grand Canyon before we go back. Because you know what? I can do all things through Christ's strength. 
Christ would be going, uh, you're going to learn something. <laughs> you're certainly going to learn something. You may meet me sooner than you want yeah. to. <laughs> and let me just go back before I, that made me think of something. Um, the whole in all circumstances. Um, in whatever circumstance we are, are you looking for Christ? In whatever circumstance, where is Christ in my sickness? Where is Christ in my grief? Where is Christ? Let's look for him in these. Because if, if it's all circumstances, he's not the one abandoning us. When we're in those times, it might be us who are saying, I just did great. So if I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it's everywhere, every time, in all things. This is, goes to your point, Greg. The state, this statement does not make Paul a wonder worker, a spiritual superman. Who, uh, who can do all things above the rest of all people. No, rather it's an encouragement that all people can have the same strength and the same Christ, right? I think it's important, too, that he says when he abounds, he still stays focused on Christ. Absolutely. Because in times of you, of calamity of any of any kind, it's real easy to look for Christ then because you don't, you know, you just you, you call out in, in sure. suffering. Sure. The focus of, the, of this verse is not I. It's Christ. Right. And this is why I think you need one, two, and three to understand this verse more fully. Because what Paul has been consistently saying to the Philippians is, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Keep your hearts on Jesus, keep your minds on Jesus, keep your focus on Jesus, keep your witness on Jesus, keep your response to be like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when you're doing that, you'll find I can do all things. Because it's Jesus doing it. It's Jesus being glorified in me. This is ultimately what Paul wants. Go back to chapter 1. Paul wants Christ glorified in the Philippians' lives. So the people of Philippi know Jesus. <coughs> so focus on Jesus, and you'll be able to have the strength you need. Pastor, I think this is where you were at, at 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Here we have the relational piece. Paul's bringing it back uh, to that. Here we see the bond of friendship, the, the connection the pastor has with his with his church, that, that you're sharing in my affliction, um, that it's not just my personal needs, but you are with me spiritually. We're, we're, we're connected as spiritual people. You are my sisters. You are my brothers. Uh, we are the family of God. And, I, and I, it's, it, it's a short little verse, but I think it's a powerful relational verse that I know you're with me in this. Um, it's just like if you were going through a challenge or a struggle, and um, and you're hearing from people, and you say, you know what, it means a lot to me that you're with me in this, yeah. right? And and by the way, think about think about a time when when no one else was with you, right? Um, so I like I'm a studier of people, right? So I uh, it's always interesting to me when someone has fallen from grace, particularly we see that in politicians or movie stars. It's always interesting to me who sticks around, right? Regardless of my opinion about what that person has done, and I may have an opinion of it, it's always interesting to me to see who was that core who, who could say, you know, you st- no one was sticking with me, and frankly, I was pretty stinky to stick with, <laughs> but you stuck with me. You were there, you know. 
This is the situation Paul's in. But everyone hates us. Everyone hates us. They're, they're imprisoning us. They're, they're, but they're burning us. Take some time to read about Nero. Yeah. And his great love of the Christians. The Roman candles. Yeah, the Roman candles, right? Um, they're in a, they're in a horrific time. Watch the movie. Yeah, it's in the movie. Yeah, Kevin. There's a footnote in my study Bible that tells why, uh, perhaps why, they had no opportunity to show it. Please. And that is, he was going from here to there and so forth. Finally, he landed in prison. They know, they know where he is. Yeah, he sits still. Then he gets communication and he yeah. says, Oh, am I glad to hear you just still can serve. Yeah, for could be. You know, don't have an opportunity to show it because you didn't get the done. Yeah, right. I mean, interesting slide. Now we know you're there. Right? Yeah. yeah. And he's comforted by all that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go to verse 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. All right. Yeah, you're right, Carton. What do the other churches feel like? Um, so here we have the first illusion, the first illusion of this. Um, do I have it for you? It's found in Acts. Um, where we, where we're not going to have time to go to it today, um, but that there, but they were gifts being given to support the church, and the gifts were an expression of the commitment that people had to the gospel. I mean, this is stewardship 101, by the way. It really is. Um, we are committed to the cause of the gospel, and so we sacrifice our first fruits. For the sake of the gospel, so that it may continue on. There is a giving and receiving here of note. Um, Paul's highlighting the unique relationship uh, that they have. So let's read it again. Um, This partnership in giving and receiving, except only you. So what happens? Funds come in, funds go out. Right? We're supporting the ministry so that the church over here that might be struggling can continue on, just like... Over here, one of the things that, that Tara and I are working on um, is, as part of our social outreach fund, if if we say that all men are the love of Jesus, we want to support a missionary. Our goal, one goal that we'd like to have, is to support a missionary on every continent. Oh wow! Right. So we've got, we've got Asia, <coughs> Pastor Sima, who you all just saw. Uh, we have uh, we have North America. Right, it's called King of Glory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have um, Aaron, South America with uh, uh, Aaron. Who's Aaron? Er, um, the young girl. Young yes, girl. she's the Dominican Republic. That's who I'm getting. Yeah. Um, we've got some other places to go, but if, but if you need to say of all means all, let's make sure we can say that as well. This is what's happening. And by the way, the, the, the resources that the church gathers. That's why I use the term mission station. We are transforming hearts and minds and souls in our community, just like Paul wanted the Philippians to do, just like he wanted the Thessalonians to do, just like he wanted the Romans to do. There were churches doing the work of Christ. That was important. And so Paul makes note of that, verse 16, 
Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. So, if you look at Acts 17, uh, verses 1 to 9, uh, you'll, we're not going to read it for the sake of time today, but you'll see what he's talking about um, as far as that ministry there. Verse 17. I just love this about Paul. So, hey... Thank you for the money. Not that I seek the money. <laughs> but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Now, this is stewardship 101. You should, we should maybe circle this and I'll preach about it in October. Okay? Because <laughs> if I preach about it too much, then you all get a little uncomfortable. But, uh, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases your gift. Turn to Matthew 6. I have heard you say, we don't need your body, but you need to give. Give because you need to give. Yeah, that's right. As opposed to our need to receive. Correct. It's, it's, it's in our spiritual DNA. Matthew 6, I got nervous for a second because I was reading it and said, oh, that's not it. That's because I was in the wrong chapter. So, um, Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's my confirmation. Is it? Yeah. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what is Paul looking for and what every pastor is looking for uh, when we're talking to you about giving, we're, we are less concerned about the budget and we're more concerned about your spiritual path. The, the, the spiritual sacrifice, right? Where my, where's my treasure so, I, so people can see my heart? And don't blame me anymore. Blame Paul, right? Um, he's looking for that because he knows that this is a mark of our spiritual journey. And look, everyone's in different places. We know that. And everyone has different capacities. That's why I say in the new member class, when we talk about stewardship, uh, I'm a proponent of percentage giving because percentage giving doesn't matter how much you have. Right? That's a matter of the heart. Does it? You don't have to say, well, I have no money. Well, and give a percentage of what you do have, right? That kind of thing. Let's keep going. Uh, 18, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from this guy the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. All right, let's try to say it. <laughs> okay. What, what do you hear in that verse, by the way? There's a couple of really beautiful things. I, a couple of things. One, what he's received has been not only what he needed, but more than he needed. Isn't that so much like God? 
Apparently they gave a lot or more than they should have because he referred to it as a sacrifice that God had. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Put your net on the other side of the boat and then the fish <coughs> came in so much that the boat was sinking. Right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's who God is. And yet, he's mindful of sacrifice. A few notes. Uh, back to 17. One can imagine here, right? Uh, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases it, uh, to your credit. One might imagine that one of the challenges in the Philippian church was that Paul was being accused of only talking about people's money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Puts him in good company. We can tell you. Or... That Paul was mismanaging money. So we don't know that, but one could imagine that that might be why Paul is saying that. Um, whatever the case, Paul's going forward to say, no, this isn't about money, it's about hearts. And by the way, you have shown me your heart. You've given me a witness in your generosity, Carmen. Well, once you buy in to a philosophy, or a faith, or um, an activity, your heart's in it. Right. But then, I think what he's looking for here, as for us, <coughs> is ownership. Mm -hmm. Once you really make that choice mm -hmm. to give of your personal resources, you're investing in that philosophy. Yeah. And of course, here it's Jesus Christ. Right. It's for us. Yeah. But the investment is important, and he's trying to say that yeah. without using today's term of ownership. Right. You sound like you sound like you've been on our church council, but <laughs> we talk about that, which is how do we, you know, how do you engage new members so that they move from that beginning of growing new membership to I am now entrenched. You know, I have ownership to this. There's another word we've been using. I can't think of it. Uh, I'll, I'll text Charlie. Don't tell me. Um, and yeah, I think part of that is being true to who you say you are, right? Um, and, and so yeah, there's an ownership here. Uh, Paul talks about the sweet gift, which um, you know, Genesis eight twenty one. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, "Never again will I curse the ground because of humans." You know, the sacrificial language, if you will. Um, and also, uh, I have another one here. Uh, no, okay. Uh, so, so Paul's using this language of not only that you sacrifice, but it's, it's not just pleasing to me, but what you're doing is pleasing to God. This is a God thing. And look, I know Paul gets a bad rap but about focusing on Paul, but he, he's saying there, when you do these things... That is an acceptable sacrifice um, to God. Uh, and this is a reminder to us that, that all sincere Christian service, which entails <coughs> sacrificial and self-denying costs, not only promotes the cause, of cost, the cause of Christ and strengthens the hands of God's servants, but is an act of worship in which God takes pleasure. So... A couple of years ago, I did a tutorial from, with some of our retired pastors on stewardship. And uh, Pastor Winterhoff was the one who suggested that I change my language in worship. That, and to say, as often as possible, that we now gather, we don't collect, we're gathering our offering, 
This is an act of worship. Right? Notice what I'm saying. Pretty good student. It may take me a while to learn it, but once I get it, um, this is an act of worship. And this is the language Paul is using here. Right? And what I love about it is that Paul is, in essence, saying, hey, Philippians, this isn't about me. This is about your ongoing relationship with God. And I think now, knowing that, you go back and you say, now Paul's joy in their blooming renewal of relationship with him is a sign that they have a blooming relationship with God. And that's what he's concerned about. He's concerned that the Philippians have become disconnected from faith. And seeing this gift and the sacrifice of that gift, and that it's abundant to him, is a sign to him that their hearts are back in the right place. Interesting, right? I think it is. A question yeah. I have. It says if it would be credited to your account, and the verse in chapter 6 of Matthew, just before the one you read, but stored up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven and credit to our account. How does that play out for us eventually in the future, personally? Yeah, I think the greatest credit that you can get in heaven is taking your pastor to dinner, right? I think it's in the Apocrypha. It's not... Without yes. <laughs> the, second? <laughs> the second part of that is, uh, I, I'm going to go back to, again, the end time description from Jesus, which is uh, Lutheran theology would not support um, this. Um, well, I did this good work today, and I, right. I did this good work, and this good work, and so I've got 17 credits now in heaven, oh, yeah. right? Ching. And so I'll, have a, I'll certainly have a better mansion than Chip Railing, right? Uh, no, what, what we would say is um, salvation comes through Christ alone, which you said before, too, uh, and that, that faith is lived out and revealed, it is shown by how we live. And that is the treasure. The treasure we're storing up for ourselves in heaven is this, Christ. Uh, we're focusing on Christ. That's what I think Matthew's talking about there, compared to what Paul is talking about, which is the fruits of that heavenly treasure are displayed in how we live and what we do. Which brings me to the point that um, we, should, we should not permit people to say, um, that now hear me out uh, that we cannot recognize Christianity I'm using I'm trying not to use the word judge right um, we can the fruits of Christianity should be evident in how we live and if we don't see those fruits I think we have a right to question uh, where we are the problem has become that the church has become an expert at pointing out how everyone else is not a Christian rather than how I'm not a Christian, right? Or how the church may not be being Christian, <laughs> right? Uh, example number one, our friends in Rome, <laughs> who were always good at 
telling everyone what to do while, while not cleaning up their own house. Um, we have to be careful of that too, right? So the fruits of our faith have to be evident. And when you look at the fruits of faith, condemnation, judgment, uh, keeping people, those are not the fruits listed. Right? The fruits of faith are pretty clear. And the gifts of faith are pretty clear. It doesn't mean that I can't sit in my office and say to someone, the way you're living your life right now concerns me as your pastor. Oh, I've had these conversations. <laughs> That's an appropriate conversation, too. Right? But we, what Paul is recognizing here is, I see that your love for Christ has been rerouted by the gifts you sent. <clears throat> right? And therefore, then, the treasures of heaven have been restored into your heart, which is Christ. I want to answer uh, Karin's question in 30 seconds. So, um, verse 19, and my God will supply every need. This goes to Greg's point before. All this to say, I think all this comes to a head at 19. And my God will supply every need of yours, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To him be glory forever and ever. So just as he supplied my needs, he's going to supply your needs. Hang in there, Philippians. Hang in. Don't give up, Philippians. Keep, keep your focus on Christ. All right? And look, tell everyone I said hi. And everyone here says hi. Um, and greet everyone, especially those in Caesar's household. All right. So, uh, the functionaries and servants and uh, uh, of the emperor's household... Um, could be those in Philippi, because it's a province, and so Caesar probably had a home there, just like he had homes other places, and they may be in relationship. Paul may have had a relationship with them, right? Um, it would not make sense that Paul was, if Paul was in Rome, which is debatable, that Paul would be saying hi to the very people he was with, right? Um, it could be that Paul had been in Rome. Um, could be Ephesus, where there's evidence of another house of Caesar's. Uh, a government house. We actually know there was a government house in Ephesus, uh, historically, that, that Paul might be talking to those. <coughs> More to the point, Karin, is that the gospel of Jesus Christ was, was so on fire in the first century that it was even penetrating Caesar's household. And that Paul was unafraid to even witness to the very people who would ultimately put him to death. Because Paul had learned to be content in all things. And so for Paul, well, before you kill me, let me tell you about Jesus. Think about that. Before you, before you kill me, let me tell you about Jesus, because I'd like to see you there. I mean, I'm not happy about how this is going, but I'd like to see you there, you know. To me, that shows the level of faith of Paul. So this could even be people that are that have him and are holding him in, incarcerated. Could sure, be, could be considered part of Caesar's household. Could be. Mm-hmm. Do we have any physical evidence of the response that the Philippians had to Paul's letter? Oh no, not that I know of. Only that we know that they are respond that Paul has seen a response from them and is acknowledging that here. Okay. 
<coughs> so it, it would be our assumption that, that on some degree they are making efforts to hang in there. Um, let me look at that. Any, anyone else know the answer to that? that I no, know. I don't have any. Judy, give us the answer to that. No, I don't have the answer oh, to that. Right. I just got <laughs> something I wanted to say. That's yes. That we should be very confident that God's grace is supplying everything that we need. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not an answer to what you want. But That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Including how we die. Including how we die. Yeah. <coughs> I am proud of you who have gone through the letter to the Philippians. I hope that you will be here on Ash Wednesday. I hope you'll bring friends. I think it'll be a, a good event. And I hope that you'll join us for this. is a really good study that we'll be doing on the kingly nature of Jesus shown in his crucifixion. Um, if you could pray for my father, he had a stint put in on Monday. So um, he'll be fine. It's good prayer to have that. I just heard coming in today that Nim Hetler is been hospitalized at Doctor's Hospital. Don't know much more than that, but I know that someone called as I was walking here that she's there. Um, Lana Wingate continues to recover from her surgery at Patriots Colony and hopes to be home Friday. Pardon? No, I was going to say, let's pray for that. Yeah. Yeah. She's really doing quite well. Doing well. I think she'd like to leave with Patriots Cup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. D. Um, I wonder if you, I, I, I wonder if you had a meal schedule or, or if Sharon was setting up a meal schedule for Lana. Um, she has asked us not to not do that. To. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. oh, she had too much before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, and then the other thing is um, to pray for our neighbors, the Byrne family being on the Their son was the one that was killed in that. Uh, oh, the farm bill? Yeah. yeah. A, a college student in Hampton, Sydney, was in a car accident. And one of them was their neighbor who was killed. The other two were just injured. Injured. Seriously injured. Seriously injured. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my. I, don't, I shouldn't say just injured. That's in the Gazette Yeah. Is there a Gazette in Farmville? Yeah, they head in Sydney's in Farmville, which yeah. is next to Longwood. Yeah. 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 All right, let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you and praise you for Jesus Christ, our Savior and King, and we pray that he would be the focus of every aspect of our lives. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, we may remove any obstacle that gets in the way of us pressing toward the goal, the prize of that wonderful gift of Christ our Savior. We pray, Lord, for all those in our prayer guide that you would meet them today and supply their needs. We pray for my dad. We pray for Lana. Uh, we pray that your healing hand be upon them. We pray as well for men that your healing hand be upon her. And we pray, Lord, that your hand of comfort and peace would be uh, with the Byrne family in this tragic loss. Um, we, we, you, we, we find peace and strength in the words of the, the Philippians, that, that you would give them strength uh, in this time to see you, even in this horrific moment, and surround them with people who know you. Uh, bless us now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.